Heavenly Father, Lord, tonight we come before you and we come in the name of Jesus. Father, we're so grateful and we're so thankful, Father, for the great privilege that you bless us with just to come together one more day. Lord, it goes without saying that every morning when we wake up and every evening, Lord, we lay our head down on the pillow. We have surely been blessed. I would pray, God, for all the many, many serious needs that have been given tonight. Lord, there's been so many. But, Lord, what I pray for most of all tonight is for those needs that tonight are on the hearts of those that do not know you, Father. Lord, there's so many that we know of that we meet each day that, Lord, it's so evident in their life and their in their burden that they do not know you, Father. Lord, as I share with the group tonight before we prayed, Lord, thank you so much, Lord, for hearing our prayers and our petitions. Thank you, Lord, for answering prayer at a time when no one else could. And many times no one else would even care. I would ask you, God, tonight to bless each need intimately and individually. Bless the needs of the physical needs that we've heard about from several people, Father. I pray, God, if it be your will tonight, that you would also answer the needs spiritually of so many in this world tonight. Have your will and have your way, Father, in the text. I pray, God, you would just allow these words and this message to come off the page. Lord, let it not just reach ears, but let it reach hearts, I pray. And, Father, I'll give you praise and, and glory and honor for all things. For I ask it all, and I pray in Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat> if you have your New Testament Bible with you tonight, I'm going to share tonight with you a message out of the book of Ephesians. Um, the epistle of Ephesians, I'll be in chapter 1 if you have your Bibles, Ephesians chapter 1, that's the next book after Galatians. The writing of this book, we understand from the text and from what we read, is about 60 A.D., 60 years uh, approximately after the death of Christ. It goes into describing in chapter 1 how God has chosen you and I as his people. Now, one of the proudest moments that I have in my life is always when I'm with someone or around someone or with my wife especially. She introduces me to someone else and she said, and also I want you to meet my husband. His name is Billy. I'm proud for many reasons, but one reason is I'm proud to know that she calls me hers. And you know, it humbles me. But you know, we have one tonight in heaven that also calls us his. And his name is our Heavenly Father. His name is Jesus Christ. And his name is the Holy Ghost. And at any point in time, at any of your day, whether it's morning or night or noon, no matter when it is, in the life of a Christian, of a believer, all three are present, aren't they? And we never have to doubt that. We never have to be concerned whether or not God is with us. He promises us, beloved, He'll always be with us. 
He gives you that promise tonight as God's own people. The people in Ephesus, the people that this book was written to by the pen of the Apostle Paul, they needed a reassurance in knowing that God cared for them. And you know, when I read this text and went through these verses several weeks ago and, and was writing some notes and God just put it upon my heart that it would be a, be a message that would maybe speak to some people here tonight. And as I studied through it, it really spoke to me. And I'm grateful that the Word of God speaks to me, aren't you? But as I go and I read the text, the more I found out how little I knew about how much God really, really, really loves me. And He really loves you. And I'll begin with that out of chapter 1 right now, if you don't mind. Verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. Now, there's some words there I want to expound on. The word blessed be the God. For us to receive the gifts, beloved, and the blessings of God, we have to truly know the Father. We can't go by who the Father is based on what others have told us, what others have read to us, or even what has been preached to us. You see, the relationship between yourself and me in our Heavenly Father, it has to be intimate. It has to be personal. It has to be between you and your Father in Heaven. There's no relationship you'll ever have or ever will desire on earth that's any greater than your relationship that you should have as a Christian, as a believer, with your Heavenly Father. Paul surely wanted the people to know, as he said, Blessed be the God of the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. Now, I want to look at that word, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. Now, looking at a couple of these words, and we look at the translation tonight I share with you out of the King James Bible, it says, and... Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. You know, one of the biggest demarcation points in the believer's heart this day and time in this modern church is the relationship of Jesus Christ with His Heavenly Father. One of the biggest divisions in the church comes through the atonement and the words of this text through being spoken through the pen of the Apostle Paul that Jesus Christ is the Son of the Father God. Clearly, there's no question the way it's written about what he means when he reads his text and he states it to us tonight. I've had conversations that came almost to the point of arguments with different denominations because they believe everything in the Bible, but they have very little use or very little understanding and have very little desire to have anything to do with Jesus Christ. Well, if you have nothing to do with Jesus Christ, you're not a Christian because the word Christian alone in itself means follower of Jesus Christ, of Christ Jesus. Follower of Christ Jesus. So what do you have when you have an understanding of who God is minus 
Jesus Christ. Well, you surely have a relationship, but your relationship comes into muddy water, if you will. The Bible speaks many times in its chapters about the water baptism. It speaks many times in its chapters about uh, salt and light. And surely what Paul speaks of here tonight is he speaks of that relationship, that intimate relationship between the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, because he says, through him who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings. I want to stop there for just a moment. He says, with all spiritual blessings. Now, when we say spiritual blessings, every one of you probably come up with a different thought. What would be a spiritual blessing? Well, let me lay it out this way if I can. If someone approached me or you at this moment and said, I want to offer you a spiritual blessing, if you'll share it with me what your need is. I'm sure almost everyone in this room would have a different request. Almost everyone. Now, would that request be something that would be granted? Well, let's suppose it would be based on the one who requested it of us, being Father God. But let's say that request is offered to you by God, but yet you don't know how to commune with God. It really brings in a dilemma in everyone's life, doesn't it? You have someone offering you, God offering you the opportunity for a spiritual blessing. The word here says all spiritual blessings, which means it's complete. But maybe that relationship that you once had with the Lord, with the Father God, with the Holy Spirit... Maybe that relationship is not as strong as it once was. Now, the one thing that I want you to know, and you've probably heard many times, is God hasn't moved. God hasn't changed. The Bible tells us in testimony that God cannot change. He does not change. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's always the same. So we know what happens many times is we move from where we once were when we stood with God. So how do we fix that? Good question, I believe. I've asked God that many times for myself and for many other people that I've had prayer with. How can we remedy, Father, the mend the relationship that you and I once had? Some of you may hear this message tonight. Some of you may wonder, well, what is that answer? Because I need that answer in my life. You see, this world today is filled with a lot of people that profess Jesus Christ as Lord and profess God as the Father and the Holy Spirit as the powerful one that comes forth in their heart and life. But still their relationship wanes and it's weak in comparison to what it was at one point in their life. I don't know of any more dangerous place than you and I to be this day or any day than to be a weak Christian to be a weak Christian. Now, you say, how can God, being almighty, all-powerful, how can Jesus Christ, being the one who shed His precious blood for our sins, how can the Holy Spirit, who encompasses the world through His power and His grace, how could He be weak? I didn't say He was. I'm saying that our relationship with Him is weak. Let's be clear on that point. So many times, I think, we want to have that intimate relationship with God But at the same time, we find ourselves also wanting to have a relationship with the things of the world, don't we? Amen? 
So many times it's easy for us to look and say, well, I want to be at church on Sunday. I want to participate in the choir meetings. I want to participate in the deacons meetings. or the, I want to participate on the Monday night or Wednesday night or Sunday night prayer services. I, I want to read my word. I want to study with the Bible studies and the small groups. I want to do all these wonderful things. But I don't have the desire that I once had to do those things. You see, that's not because the Word of God has weakened. That's because, beloved, you have distanced yourself from the will of God. You have distanced yourself and myself from the true will of God. And what does Paul tell us here? He says, Who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. Did you notice that last part there where it said, With spiritual blessings in heavenly places. Well, it brings up a good point, Paul. Where do you find your relationship to God to be? Where do you find the relationship you have with God to be? Is it when you have a need for God to answer a prayer because you maybe need money for a bill? Is it a situation where your health is degraded and things are not going well and the doctor is giving maybe some bad news? Or are you a Christian that's only fair weather? Some of you may have heard that term before. A fair weather Christian surely is one that's happy on a great joyous day in church on Sunday, but when they're going through a trial or tribulation in their life, they're at the very pits almost of hell. I think so many times we look around and we see other people going through despair and we see other people walking through the valleys of the shadow of death as we understand from Psalm 23, the pen of David. What we need to always remember, beloved, that where we walk every day in our relationship with God is surely determined by how we have that relationship with God. I think sometimes we want God to always provide us now, Father, what I have and what I have need of. There's many people I know I hear pray sometimes that I ask them, Well, what are your needs? And they tell me a whole list of things they want. Well, I prayed for this and many years ago, and and God still hasn't answered that prayer. And I prayed for this last week, and I still don't have that money either, Father. And, And Lord, yes, I still have needs of my finances, and Lord, my health is deteriorating, and I don't have the money to go to the doctor, and I lost my job, and Lord, I have all these things going on, and Lord, I, I, need you to, I need you to work on these things. Well, I'll give you some advice. According to the Word of God, not according to Billy Allen, but according to the Word of God, what's happened there is you're reaching out to God to answer a need that you have a desire of. That you have a desire of. What do I mean? Exactly what I say. So many times we want God to provide us what in our mindset is the best for us. But beloved, I want you to know, God knows more about what you and I need than we could ever imagine. He tells us in His Word that He will pour out and He will bless us and He will go forth and provide us with that blessing greater than we can ever think or imagine. But yet we always want to, sometimes, many times, we want to carve, if I can use that word, on the blessing that God has for us. So it gets turned into the shape of what? Ourselves. 
So it starts looking like us. It starts looking like exactly what we need. And you know what happens then? We blaspheme God because we tell God we know more about what we have need of than God knows we have need of. And beloved, I want you to know tonight, if you hear nothing else, that's a dangerous place for a Christian to live. Second-guessing what God has and what God desires for us. If we look in verse 4, it says, According as He hath chosen us in Him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before Him in love. Read that one more time. Listen carefully. Verse 4. It says, According as He hath chosen us in Him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before Him in love. So He he gives us the insight of knowing, Paul does, how we should present ourselves before God. Do we present ourselves before God as unrighteous? Do we present ourselves before God as someone that all we're seeking after is for God to give us something? Many times we do, don't we? Most times I dare to say that we do. We ask God and we seek God for the finer things. If you don't think that's popular, turn your television on and watch for a couple of weeks. It's almost every channel that has a Bible in their hand almost is about health, wealth, and prosperity. People receiving the great gifts and the great, great blessings that they believe that God is owed to them. Beloved, I want you to know tonight, God owes us nothing. If we receive this day, you and I, what we truly deserve, we would be in hell tonight. God owes us nothing. God shows His love for us that even while we were yet sinners, Christ died for the ungodly. Amen? While we were yet sinners, Christ died for the ungodly. What does that mean to you? What does that mean to me? It means this. It means that even when we're at our deepest point of despair, God the Father, Jesus Christ, the Holy Ghost, loves you more than you can imagine. More than you and I can even imagine. How do we remedy that relationship that we once had with God? Well, I want you to know this. God still allows U-turns. Would you say amen? He still allows us to turn around in our path of life. And He still allows us to call on Him. He still allows us to reach out to Him. He still allows us to call upon His name. He still allows us to reach out on behalf of others. He still allows us to call and cry out at a time of desperation and fear. He still allows us, as unrepentant as we are many times in our own hearts, to call His name and ask for God to intervene. I've heard to the surprise of many people From the time I was a young man, the only prayer that God ever hears from someone that's unforsaken, unforgiving, is only the prayer of repentance. Only the prayer of repentance. Expound on that for just a moment. What I mean by that is this. Do you know a people that share with you quite often that they'll be praying for you? 
that they care about your needs and you know they genuinely do, that should automatically bring light into your mind and your heart if you know they're lost, beloved, that you need to share with them that love of Christ and of Father that we talk about tonight and that Paul shares with us into these Ephesian people. Because what they're doing is they're praying unto a false god, if you will. Because they're praying not to our Heavenly Father God when they ask for prayers and petitions to be remedied and reached out. But what they're praying to is someone they don't know. And I want you to know tonight, if you and I pray unto a being, a spiritual being, a physical being, anything, any inanimate or animate object, and we don't have a relationship with that, beloved, we're surely, we're surely regressing. We're surely not developing a relationship with God. So I want to share this with you before I close. When you pray, do you know the God that you pray to? Do you believe by faith, which is what we as a believer stand on, do you believe by faith that God hears your prayers and your petitions according to the Word of God? I didn't say according to me or my lips or according to what someone else has told you, but according to this book, this Word of God. Do you believe that the Father hears your prayer? Do you believe that you're His child? You see, the answer to that is in no way gray. It can only be black and white. It can only be light and dark. You're either a believer and God has spoken to you and God has forgiven you through the shed blood of His beloved Son, Jesus Christ, through the power of the Holy Spirit, or either right now you're walking away from the will of God. You see, you can pretend to anyone you want to in church or synagogue or wherever you may be about your relationship. But if you don't have a relationship and your name is not written down in the Lamb's Book of Life, beloved, you will die and you will stand before God and be judged. And you will go to hell. That's not what I say. I know it sounds harsh, but I tell you what the Bible teaches us. There's no rhyme or reason for anyone to feel that God's going to have a special adaptation or adoption certificate waiting on anyone that's lost in heaven because they've been good people. I know a lot of good, good, good people. I can tell you instances of a man and his wife that I knew for many years that were multi-millionaires. But they had no relationship with God. And you know, I never knew how bad that was until one day on his deathbed that he summoned me and my wife to come by and have prayer with him. And he told me, he said, I've accomplished everything tenfold that I wanted to do in life and my business. I've acquired great wealth over the many years I've been working and owning my business. But he said, I believe with all my heart tonight, if I die, I will go to hell. Because I don't have a relationship. And he asked me that question, which showed to me he was telling me the truth. He said, do you know anybody with all the money I have? Do you know anybody that you could call up here and get them to come and take some of my money and pray so that God would receive me? Now, I want you to know when he said that, it dropped me to my knees instantly. Because you see, I understood then 
how far he was from God. You see, not only did he look at his wealth and his riches as a possibility of a means that he could achieve heaven, but he also felt like he could coerce or he could bribe a minister of God, amen, to take the money to pray a special prayer that would allow him to be received by God the Father when he drew his last breath. Well, all of you as believers tonight that know your Bible know that there's no hope for that man in that state of mind, is there, in that state of heart. But there's a good ending there. I knelt by his bed at his request when I told him there was no hope for him in the condition he was in. He didn't want to hear that. But I didn't give him many options. I told him that God loved him so much that He sent His only begotten Son so that if he believed in Him, he would not perish, but he would have everlasting life. I told him that God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that through His Son, the world shall be saved. John 3.16, John 3.17. And there on that bed, I saw that man weep his way to forgiveness through God in the shed blood of Jesus Christ. I tell you that tonight because the memory of it, even though it was some 15 or 20 years ago, it's still like last night in my heart. You know why I'm so thankful and I'm so grateful that God still receives us every day unto Him? Because one day, beloved, you and I were in the same situation as this man I speak of. We were in the same situation. You see, before you were forgiven, before you were saved, you were heading to hell just as quick as this older gentleman was. So was I. No question about it. But I'm thankful that one day God showed His love to us and allowed His Son, sinless, spotless, blameless Lamb of God, to be placed upon a cross, a Roman cross, and there to be nailed to be tied, to be beaten, and to be crucified. Jesus surely had the power of God in him. Surely he had the means to come off the cross. But beloved, if he had, you and I tonight would be just as hopeless as that man I speak of that I had to prayer with. There would be no hope for our souls at all. You see, if there's one thing inside of you and me tonight that will never die, and that's our soul, it never dies. Whether it spends eternity in the devil's hell, a lake of fire, or whether it spends eternity with God the Father in heaven, it will never die. As I prayed with this man by his bed that night, truly a man that knew nothing of the Bible I could surely feel the sweet, sweet, sweet Spirit of God in that room. And for nearly two hours, maybe longer, I heard this man pray and call and scream out to God over and over and over again for that period of time for God to forgive his soul. I believe 
within this place, surely within where this message will travel through the world. I believe somebody that hears this message tonight needs to hear this word for some reason. You may be someone that's been saved and have known a relationship, an intimate and a wonderful relationship with God for most of your life. I give God the praise for you, and with you I rejoice. But what about that one that you know of in your family? What about that brother or sister or that mom or dad or son or daughter that you know is wayward? Do you love them enough that you would be willing to go forth and let them know who Jesus is? Do you love them that much? Do you really love them that much? Because I believe everyone that God puts in our path, one day we'll find ourselves accountable for if we do not share with them what God's called us to do. And that may be where you're at tonight in your life as a Christian. I don't know. I'm not judging anyone. I'm not speaking on behalf of anyone. All I can do is ask God to forgive my own needs. Beloved, I would ask you, if you would, to just bow your heads with me for a closing prayer and invitation. Heavenly Father, Lord, we're so grateful and we're so thankful, God, for the opportunity and the great blessing that you've allotted us tonight at this place. Lord, I know I've shared tonight a powerful truth, not of my lips, God, but of this word from the pen of the Apostle Paul. And God, I would ask you tonight if you would just allow these words to not just penetrate our ears and maybe just be in our thoughts for a few moments, but Lord, let it just reach into our hearts and spirit is my prayer. Lord, I pray for all those tonight that may hear this word that are lost. They're just wandering around in a sin-cursed and dark world, just searching and seeking for more in life and finding nothing because they've never found the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior. I pray, God, tonight that you would pierce and speak to their hearts. I pray, God, that you would actually bring forth condemnation in their life and let them feel, Father, the ever-present drawing of the Holy Spirit as you Draw them, Father, into a relationship with you. I thank you, Father, for the blood on the cross. I thank you for that shedding of blood, Father, that paid that price for the perpetuation of each of our sins of all in this world. I thank you for that tonight, Father, with a humble spirit. I would ask you, God, tonight to speak the hearts of the backslidden. I ask you to speak tonight, Father, to the hearts of the lost and damned. I would pray, Father, tonight that you would just speak to the hearts of those that are desiring to have a closer relationship and a nearer walk, Father, with you. I just pray, Father, tonight that you would just come close. Allow us to enter into the throne of grace and receive your gift and your blessing that the Apostle Paul speaks of to the Ephesian people. Father, I ask tonight and each day that you have your right of way and you have your peace. And you have your fullness of will in our hearts. And God, I would ask you tonight, if it be your will, Father, that you would just convict and draw each and every one of us, God, into a closer relationship with you. I thank you so much, Father, tonight for this word that we hold in our hands. But God, most of all, I thank you for that sweet, sweet salvation that is offered to us through the great price that was paid there on that cross one day on a hill called Calvary through your beloved Son, our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. 
Father, I thank you tonight for answering prayer. I thank you, God, tonight for ministering to the hearts and the spirits of each and every one that's present. May you, God, alone be praised is my word and my petition. For I ask it all tonight and I pray. In that name, lifted high and above all names, tonight, Father, I pray in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. This concludes tonight's live worship service. We pray that by the power of the Holy Spirit, each one listening has been blessed through the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. We invite you to join us back again next week for another live outreach worship service as we together continue praising Jesus Christ. Those tonight who have made decisions to follow Christ, desiring additional biblical resources, or anyone with special prayer concerns are personally invited to visit the Praising Jesus ministry website. The web address is www.praisingjesus.org. That address again is www.praisingjesus.org. We want to thank each of you tonight for listening. We invite you back again next week as together we seek God to guide, mold, and speak to our hearts and lives through the power of the Holy Spirit. Good night and may God bless each of you is my prayer.